Welcome to the Let's Talk Teacher to Teacher podcast. My name is Dr. Gina Pepin, and I am so happy to meet you. Thanks for coming today. I'm a Midwestern mom of three and a really super enthusiastic reading professor. I teach in a wonderful elementary school as a reading specialist. I also mentor teachers of all ages. I have a great passion for early literacy, and I am a co-author along with the extremely talented children's author, Eric Litwin, of The Power of Joyful Reading, Help Your Young Readers Sort Success. Each week, I offer you practical make-and-takes, those easy tips along with real-life shared stories, so that you can easily create joyful shared reading experiences in your classroom, daycare centers, and homes right away. I am here to help you make powerful changes. Let's do this together. Today I want to talk to you about different ways preschoolers can learn through play. There's so much power in combining play-based learning with a joyful reading approach for powerful learning opportunities. I can't wait. I have so much to share with you. Let's talk teacher to teacher. We know that between the ages of three and five, children tend to absorb a whole lot of information. And one of the most effective and beneficial ways for them to learn is, of course, through play. Play helps our students develop those communication skills, even motor skills, creativity, and most importantly, critical thinking. We know that learning is a deeply human experience. Eric and I mentioned this in our book, The Power of Joyful Reading. Therefore, it's really important to have effective practices that incorporate collaboration between peers, family members, and loving caregivers and or adults. It's really, truly key to student success. Because play mimics real-life situations, and it incorporates other people. It allows our preschoolers to enjoy learning through play and other interactive activities. Here are the most effective ways that you can support your students through play in the classroom or daycare centers. But first of all, I wanna start out with just reviewing quickly the benefits of this approach. So tying in all of the theories of play and intentional instruction through play and guided practices, along with what Eric and I refer to as joyful shared reading experiences, it is one of the, going to be one of the most powerful things you can do for your students. We know that there continues to be research that supports the many benefits of learning through play. And then tied in with joyful shared reading experiences, it's going to be even more powerful than traditional approaches to learning. Learning through interactive and individual play helps students develop things like communication skills, motor skills, social and emotional skills. Some of those communication skills are collaboration and even self-talk practices. The motor skills are active play, gross motor, fine motor. Social and emotional skills are things like self-regulation, self-worth, sharing, and of course, creativity and imagination and critical thinking and problem solving are also just some of the many, many benefits. We know that our students during play have their little minds, hearts, and bodies fully engaged in what they're doing. And success ignites more passion 
and motivation to actual learn. So it becomes like a continuous cycle. Motivation and engagement, students want more and more. They're going to learn more and more. Students learn how to navigate through this type of play, their new emotions. What are these feelings that I'm having? Different types of senses. Of course, knowledge and skills through all different types of practice and application opportunities. So we want to make sure that we give them choice, that these choices and these activities and lessons are really intentionally planned. They're well monitored, and of course, then they are adapted as needed and even modified so that each individual benefits from joyful play activities. I'm going to give you some more examples on these in a little bit. The power of this combination of approaches is that teachers will guide student learning and exploration and discovery by limiting answers. Let me explain that a little bit further. So they're going to promote inquiry, problem solving, analyzing, exploring, and even continuous thinking. What this means really is that the teacher provides opportunities for the child or student to formulate their own conclusions, make connections on their own, and answer their own sense of inquiry and curiosity through guided instruction or really strategic, intentional learning baskets, centers of play. The whole child development is always at the forefront. And these daily routines are designed to meet each of the students' academic, their cognitive, and social-emotional needs. And you do that by using positive and joyful approaches. Another thing to note is that supports for guidance all of your resources and materials are provided as needed, and that includes the students' needs as well. So these adaptive supports also are considered, but they're on an individual basis rather than a universal implementation. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment as well. One of the most important things you can do is use collaboration and active play. Whole child collaborative practices continue to be supported by research as effective ways to engage and, of course, motivate our students in their learning. So, as I mentioned a minute ago, that they're really intentionally planned activities and strategies that are included in imaginative and self-discovery things like dramatic playstations. So, for example, camping centers, mail rooms, car repair shops. They're also included in action and movement spaces such as obstacle courses, a dance carpet, yoga or mindfulness mats. It also could include a place where students can explore books. I used to use what was called a book exploration time. It actually just gave students time to explore different forms of text through recipe books, magazines, textbooks, uh, little board books, those feel and touch books, sports trading cards, and all different kinds of things. And, and even variations in precious print. Eric and I refer to precious print in our book, Power of Joyful Reading, as, as an important aspect of any learning environment, and it includes familiar print, such as environmental print, that includes businesses and organizations, and perhaps even items or places in the school building. Providing your students with toys and materials and designating these really specific areas in the classroom where they can play, pretend, allows them to, of course, explore, create, and problem solve. It's also effective with guided play. So students are free to play, but sometimes they just need additional guidance from the teacher. Or sometimes 
that additional guidance may actually be instructional play where students are in a mini group or have a one-on-one -on -one lesson that focuses on a particular skill that's actually led by the teacher. Another thing to keep in mind is collaboration and education through active play and how you can scaffold that support. How do these scaffolded support systems and what will they look like in your classroom? You want to create best practice opportunities. So not only those research-based strategies and techniques and approaches, but also the ones that are best practice, the ones that you know will work. You want to provide them for those young minds and those hearts to grow and develop. More specifically, effective ways that we know preschool-age children learn are through collaboration, play, and very intentional support systems that include joyful shared experiences. These activities are student-driven, teacher-guided, and teacher-instruct. They are comprehensive, and of course, they are inclusive. These experiences create an environment that meets the needs of most of our national standards for this age group. It's an environment that's predictable. It promotes interaction, it promotes learning, and it's most definitely responsive to the needs of all of the children. And to take this a step further, we want to give our students choice. When preschool students have choices in their playtime routines, learning tends to come much easier. When there's an opportunity for choice, it gives students a sense of agency, a sense of control. It holds them accountable for their own learning. A layered curriculum approach is an effective way to differentiate play activities even at this age level. Let me tell you a little bit more about this. For example, a fun, energetic, interactive shared reading experience where the teacher and the students can read, sing, dance, chant, predict, and recite the storylines from Eric Litwin's book, Pete the Cat, I Love My White Shoes. This is such a fun way to, to tie in play-based learning stations and activities. So in these activities, you parallel it with play-based learning stations after you read the book, you know, either through singing it, dancing it, chanting it, and all of that interactivity. These play-based learning stations will extend concepts. It's a wonderful and effective way to learn through play. And it also has a beautiful way of meeting the needs of all of those learners. Some of those learning stations could include things like a word hunt game, a sound discovery station that includes different types of musical instruments, a creative station where students explore different colors and textures through sensory integration. You could even have a storytelling or a retelling stations where students can manipulate Play-Doh or clay as part of a retell approach or strategy or storytelling technique. I don't know if you've ever used Play-Doh for storytelling or actual retelling. It is the, one of the most fascinating things I have ever done. Students, just by having that manipulative at any age level, can create characters from the story out of Play-Doh. They can create scenes. They can create settings. It is really unique and so intriguing to watch students retell their favorite parts from a story using Play-Doh. Try it today. Layering additional activities for your students to choose from will also provide opportunities for more new or even advanced learners. So some of these layers would include scaffolded or tiered supports as needed. If a student needs like additional guidance or sometimes even redirection, then it's provided until the student demonstrates like an appropriate 
level of independence and, of course, of understanding. Each of these layers have singular activities, but most of the time we include several different activities within the layers. And we do like layer A, B, and C. So let me kind of explain a little bit further. Layer C would be kind of the base, the foundation. It's that base layer. We ask ourselves, what do students need to be able to do or to truly know and understand the content? That's what you're going to consider at layer C. Those activities can stay right there for some of the students that are right at that foundational level. You can bring it up a notch and include activities for some students in layer B. It's the level in the middle where students can participate in activities where they then practice and apply some of the newly learned concepts, some of them from layer C. For example, here they would practice new vocabulary words, word parts are further explored through word sorts, you could have sentence mix-ups, you could have find and search games, you could have beginning sound sorts, word count activities, and different things like that. Additionally, we would then top it off with layer A. Layer A allows for our students to participate in play-based activities that promote and support a deeper inquiry. It would include critical analysis, forming personal reflections, and even connections to the text and all of the concepts. This is a very top sophisticated level. These play-based activities in a preschool setting could include thinking deeply about the character in the story and asking questions that do not have yes or no answers. So level A would include questions like, what color would you want to step in if you had white shoes? Or would you rather step into a bucket of dry, crunchy food or wet, soggy food? Additional considerations would then include an activity or paper or a dry erase board with a permanent smiley face and a sad face, so they have to choose one. This paper or board would accompany small sensory cups where you would put like pictures of, or actual, dry, crunchy foods along with wet, soggy foods, and students could look at them and, or they could touch the different foods and mark their papers according to what they choose, tying in more multi-sensory opportunities, practices, and applications. Teachers would model expectations, of course, and these would kind of be like routine procedures because it would allow for students to already be familiar with how to rate the objects. So it would be part of a routine task. And then, of course, for any of these levels, you could tie in puppets, music, props, and any other objects that could be added for additional interaction and, of course, for joyful fun. Now I want to talk to you a little bit about the teacher's role. So let's talk teacher to teacher. We know that teachers place a very important role in the preparation, the planning, and of course continuous improvement of any play-based instruction. We know that these carefully planned activities promote different types of play. They're based on collective and of course individual needs. And overall, the big picture is it will contribute to the overall effectiveness of the entire learning experience. The ideal circumstance would to always have opportunities where it's inclusive, positive communication and ongoing engagement is at the forefront. And of course, communication and engagement with all stakeholders involved as an active member of students' learning is also important. The learning environment would include differentiated play. It is responsive to each of the child's differing abilities, their interests, and of course, their developmental needs. A teacher can best 
provide the ideal environment for children to learn through play by truly knowing the students in the classroom. And this means really understanding what their interests are, knowing who their families are, what cultural traditions they practice, and identifying each of their students' strengths and, of course, their goals. Once you get to know your students, you can use these individual attributes to create these play-based opportunities for them to actually grow as thinkers, designers, and explorers. The best way to create this is to give students structure while also giving them freedom to explore and discover. And of course, creating a safe, trusting, loving, supportive, and interactive learning environment is always going to promote student growth. Keeping in mind a joyful, nurturing, and responsive climate will encourage students to also take risks, ask questions, and more questions, and further explore questions that that they have about the world that they live in. They will actually be active participants in their own learning. Play makes learning easier for preschool-aged children as they are immersed in purposeful and play-based joyful, interactive, and engaging shared experiences with all kinds of caring teachers and caregivers and adults throughout the day, day after day, all day long. Combining these two theories together can be one of the most powerful things that you do. And weaving them seamlessly into your daily routines, children begin to better understand the world around them, and they are going to be excited to learn more and more and more. So these are just a few of the many activities that can be used as effective play-based learning practices. I want to talk to you a little bit more for considerations for diverse populations. So how can you meaningfully support the play of children with disabilities in all learning environments? That true diversity of needs. So using a play-based curriculum, approaches and strategies, I suggest that you focus on include really strategic, inclusive practices that support diverse student populations. It can include students that are learning English as a second language. Think about what adaptations or accommodations will help make their learning experiences totally successful. We know that in research, it supports considerations for English learners to participate in activities where instruction and practices are actually given in their home language. You can create play-based learning activities It can create them and plan them so that students have opportunities to learn, practice, and apply in even multiple formats that include different types of language. Keep in mind also that inclusive practices for students with social-emotional or behavior or even cognitive delays and or impairments are going to have unique needs. And a play-based learning environment and these varied activities will need to be very carefully thought out. Make sure that you have a a wonderful networking system of resources and materials that you can provide for these diverse learners because they will need to be stimulating, challenging, and most importantly, meaningful for each child in your classroom or your daycare center. And of course, we want to consider for inclusion the least restrictive environment for students receiving any type of special instruction or services through IDEA. We need to have specific activities aligned, perhaps with their individual education plans and even their goals. So keep that in mind as you plan for the students in your classroom. You can also consider tiered supports within the school as well as in your classroom or daycare center for some early intervention as well as early childhood special education programs accessibility and even co-teaching opportunities. We want to make sure that these play-based activities 
can be modified, adapted, and accommodated to help a student access and participate in all of the learning opportunities. Some of these modifications can include changes to the actual curriculum, the activity or an intervention, so that that student can be totally successful. Bring in special equipment, adaptive devices, etc., so they can be used to help support that student. You could also take the activities and break them down into smaller steps. They could include peer or even adult support. You could also reduce the time expected for that child to complete a particular task. Teacher could also partially complete an activity prior to implementing it. Well, so for like example, the pieces are already pre-cut for the activity, so the student doesn't have to be worried or stressed about an inability to use scissors and cut up particular letters or shapes. These are just a few of the many ways to meet the needs of your students through play-based learning. And of course, tying in joyful shared reading experiences into your activities on a daily basis is going to make any learning environment even more powerful. Thank you for joining me today on Let's Talk Teacher to Teacher. I am here to help you make powerful changes. And I look forward to working with you again next week. Until then.